0: what I'm wondering today is what made you decide that this would be something that would be interesting to you and that you could be good at?
1: (laughs) Well, that would be because one of my favorite parts about working at Barney's was my relationship with my vendors. And so it's a small store, small team, comparatively to like a walmart or something Mm -hmm. and so you really get the opportunity to partner with your brands and your vendors some of which are people who work at the company and sometimes it's the designer themselves so from the onboarding process from discovering the brand all the way to help goaling them to become the number one vendor from the number three vendor spot We were really there every step of the way, which is what's so exciting. You're not removed from it because it's such a large company. So I was sad to miss being able to do that anymore since I left Barney's and I wasn't able to, wasn't working on the buying team anymore. So Mm -hmm. I thought, oh, well actually I have sat at a company on the buying team for four years and gotten all this experience and I have all this insight And so what about if I thought through every step of the process, how I wish that someone had approached me, what would be the best way for them to do that so that now I can give all this knowledge and insight to people so that they can help to avoid expensive and heartbreaking mistakes? Because we are friends with enough designers now and have spoken to enough of numerous Mm -hmm. people that have these stories that you just they're so cringeworthy mm-hmm. and oh that could have been avoided mm-hmm. and I mean it's just general lessons in life about communication too mm-hmm. so I came up with these different sections and one of the things is coming to me with a cohesive collection <laughs> so when brands would come to me and they have all these different aesthetics under one brand, but they have these different collections, that is very confusing for the buyer and the customer to understand. And these days, there's so much information coming at everyone, Mm -hmm. so if they can't pretty quickly understand what your brand is about, is this brand a sterling silver brand, or Mm -hmm. is this a fine jewelry brand? Oh, well they, they seem to have both. So it's this very wide range, but are they a minimal brand or are they statement jewelry brand? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they seem to have both. Mm-hmm. So, Or if they're like, this is this collection and this is this collection and this is this collection. And each one is completely <laughs> different aesthetically. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a really hard because on the buying side, you are looking at the brand and you pick the pieces that you think would be best for your store. So how do you merchandise a collection in a case of 15 to 30 pieces or on a rack? that isn't cohesive. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the things that we really work on and talk through. What are your top sellers? What are things that maybe you they're not selling anymore, they don't inspire you. Sometimes you need someone that's this outside unbiased opinion to mm-hmm. look through the collection with you to say, "Oh, maybe we should take this out or this out." And it totally brightens up the collection in a way that you didn't even realize it would before, or maybe mm-hmm. you're holding on to something
0: because you made it, so mm-hmm. you spend all this time and sure. energy. is it important to be known for one thing? That's
1: great, if if you can be as creative to come up with something that mm-hmm. is truly unique and different, like the Spinelli, the interlocking rings, mm-hmm. or the horse and, mm-hmm. horse horse and or the Marla Ahrens with the Mm -hmm. carabiner. Whatever, if you can come up with something, it's kind of, it's obviously hard to come up with something totally groundbreaking and new. So Mm -hmm. that's why there's Mm -hmm. so much of sameness and so much inspiration Mm -hmm. that you can find in other collections. So that is ideal, but that is challenging. I mean, Mm -hmm. with jewelry, so many people, and this is fine, but they'll just buy jewelry mm-hmm. from somebody and maybe add one or two elements and mm-hmm. call it their own. So sure. it really kind of just depends on your life and what you want your brand to be about, but the goal is if someone walks up to the case without even seeing the logo, they would mm-hmm. say, "Oh, that's blank brand" mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. the aesthetic, the brand signature is there. It is mm-hmm. so so strong. obvious. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Invisible. So yes, that's ideal. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to come up with mm-hmm. some fabulous, new, sure. totally right. totally new idea. So right. it just depends on, on the designer, how mm-hmm. creative they can be. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, so... So that was one of the things. And then also, since we have a business, I'm also adding in those elements. So sometimes brands, they want to be sold in wholesale. Sometimes they want to be direct to consumer or they want to have a conversation about which what should I do or what percentage of my business do I want to be direct to consumer versus wholesale. And we talk a lot about that. And sometimes people can make a ton of money with wholesale. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm hmm. And then sometimes people just kind of look at it as a marketing tactic Mm -hmm. because you are able to say, oh, I'm sold in blank store Mm. and that opens doors for you. Okay. Whereas in both editorially and for other stores. But maybe, you know, who knows when you'll get paid or there's all these different things and all these different costs involved in working with a retailer. So one of the things that we do with the direct consumer or just in general is I review through the website, both through the lens of the retailer. So, what are they going to be looking for? Mm -hmm. Also, with lookbooks and line sheets. Mm -hmm. And some people are like, what is a lookbook and a line sheet? Why don't you talk
0: about that real quick? A lookbook is kind of, people can probably guess at that, but the line sheet.
1: Yeah, it's just the two documents that retailers look for. And the lookbook is your visual representation of your brand. Mm -hmm. So, that immediately... Editors or buyers can understand what level of luxury you are, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times we would even just buy from the lookbook because Mm -hmm. it's a great opportunity to see how you style the pieces. So, again, these days people are busy. Sometimes people don't want to visualize things, Mm -hmm. so as much as you can do on your end to just do it for them, Mm -hmm. so whether it's on the website or social media, whatever, just teaching people how to style things that's going to be really great so and then the social media well okay so the website through the lens of the customer is we want people to come to the website we want them to purchase multiple pieces and we want them to come back again and purchase again and so we want there to be no barriers to purchase on the website Mm -hmm. so i have seen all, every single kind of website you can even imagine, but there are sometimes little tweaks that you can add that really, really, really make a difference. There are some things that are very important that all websites and brands feature
0: mm-hmm. on on their page. Yeah. So, Well, and I know how important that is from what I do for a living because right. when I'm on a website and I'm trying to shop for a customer online and it is not customer friendly, whatever the mm-hmm. word is. If I can't do it quickly and efficiently or if everything's always sold out in the size I'm looking for, then I'm gonna I'm gonna start shopping elsewhere. Yeah. You no. Know, they're not people are they're forgiving, but they're not that forgiving. They just don't have the time. So the platform needs to work really well and there needs to be a good assortment and um all that kind of stuff. So and then with social,
1: yeah, with social media, you really want to tell your brand story and let people get to know you. Also on the website, I really think, in my opinion, these days, I wouldn't really prefer to shop from something that doesn't have a face.
0: Mm-hmm. Like, it's, oh yeah, right, yeah, and especially when I am shopping for people, let's say it's an earring. That's one of my pet peeves. If it's an earring that you're shopping for, but there's it doesn't have a picture of of an ear or a that's face. That's an on figure image, but okay. Well, that's important because you can't tell how big the, the earring is.
1: Yeah, for scale. But I'm talking about like the about page. If it just says we are so oh. we do this and this and this, and you're like, okay, well, who is mm-hmm. John Deere? I mm-hmm. mean, I need to know who the person behind this brand is. Sure. Or if it's just some name of some word you just came up with, well, right. who's behind, who is this we, who even right. if it's one person? It's
0: right. It's kind of like with Edie Parker, when people find out that the designer is Brett Heyman and she named the company after her daughter, the immediate response is, oh, that's so neat, you know? Right. And then they feel closer to the brand immediately just by that little tiny story.
1: Yeah. So, don't worry about what your Instagram looks like. So, on the buying team, I would not have had time to open your Instagram. I might have found you via Instagram, but it's okay if you don't have many likes or followers because all these retailers, they want to discover the latest and the greatest. So don't be concerned that you don't have 20,000 followers and 500 likes every post. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, definitely don't worry about that. So basically the first section working on is... Immediately when you pitch a buyer, they're looking at website, lookbook, line sheets. The line sheet is more of the math and the information. So it just kind of talks about all the details of the styles. Oh,
0: okay. And
1: so lookbook line sheet website and social media, making mm-hmm. sure we have those brand signatures, making sure the collection is super cohesive. So basically that section, make sure your visuals are vetted, your collection is streamlined, and then you're going to be ready to pitch to stores or you're ready to really be customer facing. Mm hmm. Because we want to give, I feel like these days, as much as you give information or give of yourself, mm-hmm. the more you're going to get back. So sure. teaching people how to style your pieces, letting them get to know you, giving them an inside look, all of these things are so important in order for them, people to be loyal to you, mm-hmm. because it, it cannot so be. so many
0: brands. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It's not just, oh, the ex-celebrity that you're obsessed with wore this short and they buy that but they're not loyal to the short brand they're just loyal to the celebrity so yeah right right
0: and a stylist just put her on the celebrity
1: yeah so that is that is the first step before you would want to approach a retailer you would want to have all your i's dotted and your t's crossed Mm -hmm. and then the next section is well how in the world do you even get into a store what does that how do you even know the one that would be right
0: for you right. to approach. And do I even want to be in a store? What What does that relationship right. look like? How and I, if I get in this store, will that mess me up as far as getting into other stores? It has to be so strategic today, I feel like. It's
1: very strategic. So that's why we each submit a list. Mm-hmm. So the brand submits a list of their dream stores. And then based on that list, then I can kind of see what level of luxury they want to be in. Mm-hmm. And then I also submit my list, and that's internationally specialty stores and retail stores. But Mm -hmm. a lot of stores do not like to share. They like exclusivity. And so if you go with one store and then your dream store, because you maybe you just said, whatever, I'll just go in this store because they're the first ones that let me in. Yeah, And then your dream store two months later comes to you and says oh actually we could pick you up and then you're thinking and then they realize that you're in the other store that you just opened and then they say oh shoot sorry we only take exclusive brands Mm -hmm. and then that's Or that store says
0: you can't be in any other stores the one you agreed to in the beginning what do you do about that oh you just make sure that the stores that you choose to go into are the ones that you're really thrilled about. Is that yeah? kind of the way it goes? Yeah.
1: And then we talk about, well, how in the world do you even contact these buyers? Right. How do you find out their names? What do you, I know. And how do you, what do you say when you reach out to them? Mm-hmm. And then... Well, once you've pitched them and then they maybe say, let's have a meeting. Well, what questions are they going to ask you in the meeting? How should you answer those questions? What questions should you ask them Mm. so that you understand how is that retailer going to partner with you? It's not just, oh, praise you, X store for letting me in. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Please, please, please take me.
1: (laughs) It is, okay, well, this is everything that I can do on my end, mm-hmm. and then this is everything that the store is going to do on their end to help promote me, because it, that is what it's all about. You, The store has to introduce you to their customer, mm-hmm. or your brand is just going to sit dormant and no one's going to know about it. So there's right. all there's these no- different things that they can do, and also you. And the worst thing is if two months in, you have a question, and they say, oh, you could have done that two months ago. And you say, mm. well, thanks a lot. Oh, Nobody told me right. that I could have done that. And now the merchandise has been mm-hmm. sitting there, but it's not posted on the web or whatever it may be. So I thought about everything that the brand could have done and all the questions and the way that they could have been organized through the entire process of shipping, mm-hmm. getting it on the floor and making it a success. Because unfortunately these days, retail is such a challenge Yes, in Every single retail store is struggling, and so, you know, most all of them. And so you only have one or two seasons in order for it to be a success. And if it's not selling, then you're going to be an exit. And you have spent so much time pitching. You
0: finally got in the store of your dreams, and now it's going to be an exit. I mean, can you imagine? Well, that happens to big designers, too. I mean, you know, these designers that they bring on to do these powerhouse heritage brands and they get two seasons and they didn't get rave reviews and they're gone. They don't even have time to build out their aesthetic and the way that they want to drive the brand. So when you were talking about the questions and like, let's say you're lucky enough to get to have an interview or is that called an interview or a presentation when you go in and sit down across? It's just a meeting. Okay. Well, if you do get to set up a meeting with a store you help people walk through that process like these are the questions that they're possibly going to ask you and how would you you kind of help them with answers that you feel like I mean you're not going to tell them what to say obviously you can't but you help them understand what it's going to feel like to be in an interview and how to handle the pressure and everything kind of help set them up for Hopefully, success.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, we talk a lot about in like mindset going in. So, how can you go into this meeting so that it's not this very stressful, oh my gosh, everything is riding on this mm-hmm. because that could go wrong. That's mm-hmm. how anytime I had an interview for a job or whatever it may be. I definitely tried to not go in with that mindset. Sure. And then also a lot of times I just thought through in the meeting, what was it? Why was it that a brand wouldn't get into a store? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I could tell immediately once the meeting began or even once we walked in the room, if the brand was going to get into the store. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes the meeting was going really well. And one of us would ask a question. And either they felt like they didn't answer it in the best way or they weren't familiar with the term. And so they got kind of thrown off and then they couldn't recover. Mm. So So sad. I know. And so we also make sure that you're comfortable with all the terms. So you basically just get like all these templates of this Mm. is what to to say in the pitch email, this is how you find the buyer's contact information, how to best contact them, what to say when you contact them. And then in the meeting, you get all the questions that maybe they're gonna ask or the flow of the meeting. And then we have a mock meeting, which is my favorite part. Yeah, that's so cool. And every single time, even though the person that I'm working with has reviewed the documents, I would think, they, we always pause and they say, Did I answer that question the best way or, oh, I've not heard of that term before. Can you let me know what that is? So it is the best way to practice. And it's hysterical. I mean, sometimes people are so nervous. I'm like, it's just me. You know, I'm going to act like I've never met you before and ask all these questions. But we really talk through how to best answer these. So like if someone says, well, what stores you sold in? You don't say, oh, well, nobody's picked me up yet. You know, there's yeah. like certain ways <laughs> sure. that you would frame something that makes, that will hopefully evoke immediacy so that the, Store would say, "Oh, we have to pick them up soon because they're meeting with other stores. Oh, yeah, and, and we want to we want to get them first. So, yeah, that's great. That is a really fun section. We also talk through pricing, so it's kind of all these business things that a lot of." Mm creatives do not have and even if they've gone to school for it for Mm -hmm. some reason I don't even think they really teach pricing like how do you price a collection and the price value is so important for both the retailer and the customer and the thing about these store meetings is of course this is like when I was trying to get into the fashion industry you just you Reach out to a hundred people and maybe you'll get to meet with one or two stores right. wh- however many it is, but then those meetings are a great opportunity to understand, well, how many pieces do they bring in? What is it they're looking what mm-hmm. is it that they're looking for? What aesthetic are they missing in their store? So getting all these insights. And then you take it back and you can understand after, based on all of these meetings, what do I even have the capability mm-hmm. of doing? Do I Can I even make all this that inventory? I because I hear podcasts all the time and they're like, I met with Sears and they wanted a thousand things by mm-hmm. next month. And, you know, you probably, you may or may not be able to do that. So right. that's why it's important to meet with the store to even have some sort of understanding of how they work. Do they buy it? Is it on consignment? Mm-hmm whatever it may be did you even like the people that you met with maybe it's your dream store but you just really didn't jive with the buyer or the team you got a feeling so yeah and sometimes with the these meetings i could tell that someone was very nervous and i knew that of course they weren't nervous to meet with me delia folk but they were nervous to meet with buyer from barney's and Mm -hmm. being from the south i would always try and you calm them down and say Mm -hmm. don't worry like it's fine just Mm -hmm. relax this is just Mm -hmm. like a fun this is an opportunity to tell me about your brand but of course that is not the norm and another thing that's the norm not the norm necessarily is i am very type a and over communicative Mm -hmm. i tried to be and so I was always reaching out to my brands and I would like think of something and have a panic because I would think, oh, they haven't responded to me about so-and-so or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one of my vendors called it Delia Daily, or she oh, would like joke with her husband about, what is Delia emailing about today? That's great. That I haven't done. but But anyway, we, in this store section, we really talk through all the things it's, listen, you cannot just think your job is done once you have delivered the merchandise to the store. Right. That is the most infuriating thing <laughs> that I could have ever had as the buyer. If someone didn't email me, or they were always on vacation, they were always in another country, I'm just like, I don't Gosh. know what you people
0: do <laughs> for a living, <laughs> right. but we need more product in here. <laughs>
1: yeah, so... Helping people to understand, like with these mom and pop stores, with the big stores, mm-hmm. you get a selling report every Sunday, and then the smaller stores. Sometimes I'll talk to brands, and they're like, "Oh, I haven't talked to the store in about six months," or "Oh, I just see them, you know, at every trade show I do every mm. every so often." I'm like, "Wait, I'm sorry, what did you just say? You have no idea of what's sold in the store,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: and if what if and you're nothing's selling, complaining
0: because you don't know."
1: Right. You need to make more money. Right. So so then this kind of, so that section is all about how do you get into a store? How do you put your best foot forward in the meeting? And how do you make sure that there aren't going to be these hidden fees later on? And I kind of, and this is how we approach our business with The Style That Binds Us. I tell people that, so the first point of contact, whether it's phone, email, in person, that's the beginning of a relationship. And it might take a day. It might take a year, a season, a month. Mm-hmm. However quickly it happens, it has to be the right place at the right time. And your timing, no one ever cares about your timing. You right. know, that's in life in general. Oh, I want to get married next month. Well, you aren't going to get to get married for 10 years yeah. or something. Yeah. But um, in terms of that, you just have this greater goal of these are the stores that I would love to be in. Mm-hmm. At some point, mm-hmm. I'm confident that in my brand and my pieces that that could happen. But so that's why it's not such, you just kind of know, okay, I'm pitching these stores. We're not sure exactly when that's going to happen. When it does happen, that'll be really exciting, but I'm not going to be so upset Mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen immediately. Why? Mm -hmm. Why is it that they're not responding? Why is it that they didn't pick me up? I had such a great feeling in the meeting. That was one of the worst things is I felt like a lot of times it was so confusing for designers because in the meeting, everybody seemed really excited about it and positive, but... What the brands don't understand is that maybe the people who weren't in the meeting are the ones who make the decision. So mm-hmm. they didn't even really get to meet the brand
0: and get or to experience Or they're having that many, moment. many, many meetings. Right. And so it takes a long time to go through all of that before they get back
1: yes. and then, to the person. And then if it's not a go forward and it really seemed like it was a very positive Ugh, meeting and probably was going to be a go forward, that's, that's really hard. It's so, so hard. So just just being patient throughout the process and that's what we have to do with The South That Binds Us too. Whenever Believe I reach in out in to yourself. people yeah. and say, you know what, even if they don't ever respond to this email, I'm going to mm-hmm. meet them someday and they're going to say, oh yeah, The South That Binds Us, I know about that company. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I emailed you yeah. you know, last season or whatever, but I'm so excited to meet you now. So right. instead of just being bitter about it or whatever. so And then the last section is growth because a lot of creatives are not business people and they... I'm sure a lot of people will laugh at that and say, yeah, that's definitely <laughs>
0: true. I understand that.
1: And they don't want to focus on the numbers. They want to run away from the numbers. They want nothing to do with the numbers. But guess what? In order to have a business, you got to have sales and the numbers. And so, this is in this section, it's where when you're in those stores, we talk through how do you read those selling reports because they have so many columns there is a lot of information and my ideal brand was when i could kind of train my vendors to do things to help with the workload mm-hmm. because they know their brand and their business the best. They know the production capabilities. They know what's coming down the line, what inventory they have, what new pieces are coming out. So they're actually the best people to come to me to say, to give me reorder and transfer suggestions. And But then the, what the buyer has to keep in mind, you only have a certain amount of open to buy, a certain amount of mm-hmm. open dollars per brand every month. So. If something's really selling. So what happens is you can either transfer merchandise, so move it around from store to store, or are you going to place a reorder? And every category, like beauty ready to wear jewelry, those are all different, very different scenarios. And so with the transfers, well, this piece sold in New York and it hasn't sold in L.A. So instead of reordering that piece for New York, maybe we should transfer that piece to L.A. from L.A. to New York. Mm -hmm. And let's add a different piece to L.A. That maybe the customer will respond to better there. Or if something sells in Chicago, well, do we reorder that exact same piece? Or do we say, oh, maybe this the customer is really enjoying this. We've already sold three of them. Maybe we should add it in another colorway. Mm-hmm. Or do we really need to build out this collection? And it depends on the category, how nimble you can be and what inventory capabilities you have. Another now, question: What does that mean,
0: like how nimble you can be? I like, like how
1: fast can you get the merchandise? Oh, okay. So, if you place a reorder, is that a three-weekly time? Is that a six-weekly Do they still have the fabric, or
0: do they still have the stone?
1: <laughs> exactly. And uh, what brands ask me a lot are, oh, well, I'm a one-of-a-kind brand. I really just like one-of-a-kind pieces instead of, like, ready-to-wear pieces. So how do stores feel about that? Well, stores feel fine about that because as I maybe mentioned before, the tourist client, we can't rely on them anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're really trying to develop this local clientele and they're local. So they can come in multiple times a week, a day, a month, a season. And worst case scenario is when It's the same thing. They already have seen it before. I think I've said this on another podcast. Mm -hmm. And so that's why with one of a kind, it's kind of great because you sell one piece and then you get to add a totally new piece. And that totally refreshes the case. And it helps with immediacy because if the customer doesn't buy it right then, well, if it sells, it's gone. So Mm -hmm. you probably need to buy it. But
0: you have to work really hard to to just keep Churning out these one of a kind things, right?
1: Well, that's what the designer prefers to do. That's cool.
0: Yeah. That's interesting.
1: So, so basically. I would have thought it
0: would be no, you know, you can't, we need more product or something. So, that's very interesting.
1: Yeah. And so, with growth, it's really about how do we avoid the exit? So it's how do we capitalize on full price selling opportunities? Because a lot, especially if you have an agreement. So if you have a sell through agreement, which means you have to sell through a certain percentage of merchandise in a certain amount of time that is chosen by the retailer and the designer. Then the difference of what you don't sell, you either have to mark it down or take it back. And well, whose fault is that? Because that's the, the worst heartache is when the designer feels like they did everything they could and maybe the store didn't do everything they could to promote Gosh. them. Well, that's why I get you to ask all the right questions and stay on top of the retail store. And really, it's a relationship. It mm-hmm. cannot just
0: be. Don't count on them to be your best Advocate. right yeah
1: you have to take a huge role in that yeah. it's not just well I don't understand why didn't anything sell mm-hmm. uh, oh, Hello goodness. where have you been mm-hmm. for the whole season so, so, in capitalizing on awful price selling opportunities, what is everything that we can possibly do to help take off of the buyer's workload, since they have thirty plus vendors they're focusing on? Mm-hmm. And how can we be creative and out of the box to really make sure that as much as merchant as much merchandise as possible sells during that season? And we also think about event ideas. So, what are these in person experiences where customers can get to know the person behind the brand? So important. Yes, so that it is they can see, feel, and touch and actually meet the designer. So then it's kind of like what we do with our events and then also our YouTube channel with... You meet the designer, you hear their story, you see their pieces, you get to see how their vision of how to style them, and then maybe someone purchases a piece, and when they wear it out and about, and they get a compliment, then they can say, oh, well, it's blank designer. Have you heard of them? And they say, you know, no. Oh, well, I've met the designer and they have all these facts about it. So they're in the know. And then maybe they convert that person to a customer or at least now they know about your brand.
0: Right. And they're loyal. They're loyal
1: after they meet you. It's like. Right. New friend. Exactly. And so the last thing that we do is we can create this big action plan it's kind of like what is the dream scenario that we are working towards and then let's back up from there and create a step-by-step guide so that it's not overwhelming it's these digestible bites of information in small steps because as an entrepreneur as we know it's kind of like oh my god we want to do all these things these are our overarching goals but how do we get there but if we can kind of peel that back and say okay in month one we do this month two you know whatever it is and we're always re-looking to see how did that go reevaluating mm-hmm. and updating our strategy so so i absolutely adore getting to do this with brands and as i get more and more clients it's really fun to dive into someone's business and help make their dreams come true sure. in whatever small way i can but I basically thought through the entire process from pitch to how can they be most successful in the store and how can they be most successful as a business to achieve their dreams. And that is kind of how I set up the structure. And if someone feels like, oh, well, you know, I kind of have all of that covered. I also work with brands on more of a strategy basis. Mm-hmm. So one month we say, okay, these are the strategies for the month. And then the next month we say, how did that go? And then these are the strategies for the next month. Mm-hmm. So I am very good at (laughs) making, helping people people be efficient, keep them on task, and giving them lots and lots of ideas that are out of the box that maybe they didn't think about before because I'm constantly consuming content, so learning about the industry, living in the world, and really paying attention to how do people want to live. I'm not just like living my life, I'm really trying to live my life in a sponge-like way. So so that is how...
0: I am working with brands. Yeah, that's fabulous. I feel like I remember sometimes when we would be on the phone and you would be saying, oh, I felt so bad today because this brand wasn't picked up. And I could tell if they had just done something a little bit differently. I think it might have been, a you know, a no turn to a yes and things like that. And so I think this is giving you a way to champion brands. And I think that's so so, so it's so fulfilling to you, too. Right, you know, exactly. That's what's created. At-
1: I feel like I'm a brand advocate of sorts. So basically, I am, now that I've seen the other side of it, I am helping brands to think through everything. Mm-hmm. So that is that is why it is so important and why I get so excited even once I've finished working with a brand mm-hmm. and they have all the tools and knowledge. And no, I am not Doing it for them, like I give you all the insights, tools, and knowledge that to then be able to put your best foot forward in action, everything. Right, right. But I'm not like a sales rep. I'm not reaching out on your behalf. Right. So I am. I get so excited when somebody comes back and says, "I used, I applied yes. your tactics, and I immediately saw results." Or I re- reached out to all these editors, and I've already gotten right bites back. So
0: well, and there there are so many. You know, you sign up for courses and you go with some agencies and things and it's like you get one hour of consulting a month. And when that one hour is over, boom, you don't talk to them again until the next month. I mean, everything is so or you take a course. It's a one on one type thing for six months or whatever. The minute that course is over, you never hear from them again. (laughs) <laughs> where, you know, that brain can reach back out to you in three years. And you would be like, of course, I remember you. Tell me everything. How's it going? You know, um, yes, and, I, and that's important.
1: I try to go above and beyond as with everything in life. Yes. And all of this should not be an added stress. It should make you feel held and confident about the best
0: next steps. Yeah, that's great. That's that's great. I'm I'm proud to know you. I'm oh, proud Lord. to have you on my team. I'm glad to know all of that. Uh, and I think I was. the next question was going to be, how was being on the buying team at a store like Barney's helpful when setting up this, you know, your new position? But I think you gave me a lot of reasons why that was helpful. There are, I'm sure, consultants that never were on the other side of the table, and so they... They wouldn't have that kind of insider, behind-the-scenes edge that you can offer people. So that's fabulous.
1: Yeah, and one of the things you love to talk about all the time is the world is changing so much. So it's not like in the past where... Stores Like, you just did wholesale, and that's what everybody did. You just did the trade shows or whatever. Like, there's all these different options. And unfortunately, as an entrepreneur, there's all these questions. Should I do this? There's this, this, and this. These are my options. What should
0: I do? The store says I have to you know it's 60 40 or whatever the ratio like isn't there a thing where they'll come in and say we're going to get this amount of money for the sale and you're going to get this amount of money or (laughs) i mean i feel like you wouldn't even know how to answer that correctly are you being taken advantage of or is that a fair deal just it seems like there's so many questions and where do you i mean where do you go
1: Yeah, I know. We also talk about what are the things that you just have to agree on and what are things that you can push back and demand. And another thing about if you don't get into a store, it doesn't necessarily most likely mean that you're not a valid brand. Mm -hmm. There's just so many, literally, it's almost like making a baby. Like there's (laughs) so many factors that have to perfectly align Mm -hmm. in order to get into the store. So that's why it just might not be right place, right time. They might love your pieces but Mm -hmm. there's something out of all the different factors that didn't work out so that's why you say okay that's okay right now blank store they
0: said Mm -hmm. no but we're going to keep going and in two years they're probably going to come back around and it's so interesting to me in life i guess at my age i've seen this so many times the things that didn't work out that you were so devastated about i want to tell people don't Take this as a sign that it wasn't the perfect fit for right. you because something happens later and you're like, oh, thank goodness. Right. If I had gone with him, I wouldn't be able to do this. And this is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. That's a word of advice for people, too, when a boyfriend breaks up with you or something. <laughs> because it's like later on you're thinking, thank you. God, I didn't end up with him. Literally, you hit your <laughs> knees. I mean, I'm not kidding about that. So um, that, you know, there, those are like unanswered prayer kind of things. So. Yeah, Yeah. in life and in business. That's
1: right. That is how I am working with brands. It is all about helping people. It's not, you know, I need, I want lots and lots of money and I'm overcharging people. No. You know, who knows? I don't know if people are even like that. but
0: um, Of course they are. They're in it for the money. You can't, but I think that's the good thing about, you know, the style that binds us. I feel like that's kind of a... That's my goal, too, is helping people. Sometimes I'm like, oh, I should probably be paying more attention to ways that I could monetize this better or only using stores that pay me commission or anything like that. But I'm so wrapped up in or even charge more. I know for a fact I charge less than a lot of other people, but that's because I want them to have the money to bring in the pieces that are needed to build out that core wardrobe. Yeah. But I think it comes back tenfold. I think when you come from a place of generosity and compassion um, and joy, you know, it comes back to you. So, yeah.
1: And with the pricing, I tried to keep in mind that I was working with emerging brands. So Mm -hmm. it's definitely not crazy pricing, hopefully. And also I offer payment plans. So however it is that people like to can pay you know right I, yeah so
0: in both of our verticals whatever you say i don't know the right lingo but in both both of the things that we do we try and make each case um individual based on each unique circumstance
1: yeah and it really once you're in a store it really should be a relationship you should Mm -hmm. feel comfortable that you can ask your buyer questions and don't be afraid to ask them questions and you really do need to communicate because that was that's and this is just life in general that's when it really gets bad if you are scared to tell someone something and then And then you just do it anyway, and then it it totally combusts. I mean, that would happen with Barneys and a lot of stores. They're all about exclusivity. And so we would have a meeting with a store and say, we're still exclusive, right? We just want to make sure, you know, whatever, we're we're goaling you to be our number one brand Mm -hmm. or you are our number one brand. We truly value this relationship so much. And then the next day we would see an email that says, introducing blank brand, on some new on like shop some or something, yeah, and that and that is when it totally goes very the relationship goes very sour and it is an exit immediately and, and that person the cries trust is to broken on the phone and sure. says I think about this every day I feel so bad you know whatever so it it really should be a relationship that you say. Oh, you just sent me an email. and I've never heard of that term before. You know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Can we jump on a call and can you walk me through this? Or can you walk me through the selling report the first time? Or how is it that I can be of assistance to you? What can I do on my end to really make this a success? And how do you prefer to be contacted? How often? You know, all of these things. It's just kind of. And unfortunately, that's what people say. They'll ask me questions like that. And I'll say, well everybody's different. So that's why you have to have that conversation when you're mm-hmm. first working with stores, learning, you just mm-hmm. kind of learn how people work, how people are, what makes them tick or whatever. And and then after you have all of that knowledge and insight, you, you can go from there. That's
0: a great takeaway, I think, from this conversation for people that are listening <laughs> is that they need to communicate and they need right. to not just drop it off at the store and then right. think, well, they'll call me when they need more or something right. like that. I, I would think if it were me, I would, if I were in the same city, I'd go by the store every once in a while and just look at the rack or the case or anything like that and make sure I was happy with the way it was being presented and, and things like that. People, is that a good thing to do?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think Unfortunately, or not, but a lot of it falls on the buyer. I mean, on the brand, the responsibility because yeah. the buyer is so busy. This, may, they're probably not in the store every day, right? And so, it's the sale,
0: go get go meet the salespeople. That's what I would do. Bring them cookies. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding about yeah, that. But no, sort of.
1: having a very open and transparent relationship, getting back to your buyer in a timely manner, mm-hmm. because they probably have a meeting in an hour and they are asked if if your buyer emails you, you better be responding to that email ASAP, giving them the information they need because they're probably walking into a meeting and they need to be able to speak to that. Mm-hmm. And if they say, oh, well, unfortunately, this person hasn't responded that you need to set your buyer up for success. It's it doesn't almost sound like
0: good for you. Yeah.
1: Just in in your career, it, you mm-hmm. have to set up your boss for success. Mm-hmm. So if they look fabulous, well, that's you that's, look
0: fabulous. Yeah, yeah.
1: You have to do it that way.
0: Okay. Even if that's annoying. Fabulous. Well, this has been most interesting. Real? Yeah, I think it's been really interesting.
1: I feel like I say this all day, every day. Well, I've never heard
0: all of it, and I know a lot of our listeners haven't heard all of it, and there are probably a few out there that are furiously taking notes um, because I think you just gave a ton of information in a short amount of time. So, thank you so much.
1: If you are interested in learning more, then you can email me, Delia, at com. Or you can message me on Instagram at Delia Folk. We hope you will join us again next time. If you like what you heard, tell a friend about our show, subscribe to our podcast, and also scroll to the bottom and give a rating and or a review. Those are the best ways for other people to find out about our podcast. See you next time. Bye.